45 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
In the AM, why would I play a Mishanichnas Adar song on Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan? Well, today we're uh, a day that we're going to be concentrating on calendaric trivia. I figured there may not be uh, any month that symbolizes the year 5782 like Adar does. We've got two months of Adar. Today we start saying Ulchaparas Pasha because of the two months of Adar. And I figured that as we get into this uh, whole calendaric trivia discussion, we'll do a little tip of the hat to the uh, dominant double month of Adar in the year <laughs> 5782. Uh, that's the New York Boys Choir. Leva Nefesh had low almost words from Hallel. Chazak from Yoeli Folkowitz. Yeshiva Boys with Ma'ashiv words from Hallel. Hodu, Eitan Katz words from Hallel, as was uh, Hodu Hashem from Yehuda Green. Yaakov Shweki's Hine Elokeinu and L'chaim, Yihia Chodesh Hazem, Mayor Sherman, with a uh, positive wish for the um, brand new month. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this October the 6th. If I'm not mistaken, the Yom Kippur War broke out on October the 6th, back in 1973. Yeah, speaking of calendaric trivia, almost sure I'm right about that. Uh, believe it. Excuse me. Believe it or not, that's 48 years ago today. Wow. For those of us who remember it. It's the 30th of Tishrei. The brand new year is 5782. Today is Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including um, Yalav Yavo, Half Hallel, 
special Torah reading, Musaf Baruchinafshi, and of course, Ulochaparas Pasha in Musaf, because it is a leap year. There are two months of Adar this year. Uh, so whatever your custom calls for, remember today is Rosh Chodesh. 62 degrees outside with 85% humidity, winds in northeast at 7 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy with a high of 71. Then tonight, clouds and a low 63. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of 75 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 74. We're at 62 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Today's a big day. I just posted on Facebook, today's a big day. In the 8 o'clock hour, Rabbi Mayer, you did his brand new book on Chinuch. Go to artscroll.com and always use promo code radio when you go to artscroll.com. The brand new book, The Power of Chinuch. Uh, and in the 7 o'clock hour, the much-awaited, much-anticipated <laughs> 5782 preview with Rabbi David Heber. Rabbi Heber is out with a brand new book. I am strongly and highly recommending the book. It's called The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, Fascinating Zmanim and Calendar Calculations. There are about 150 subjects in this book. No joke. I counted them up. And uh, Rabbi Heber is going to join us. We'll do a 5782 preview. Uh, If you have something you want to ask or something you think I should ask, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, Someone mentioned on the app yesterday something about Hoshanas that we just went through and that discussion uh, with the calendar, the way it fell out. I have here uh, something to mention to him about Purim this year. I have here something to mention about double partios this year. He reminded me to speak about the unique unique, uh, bang on the shulchan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that we're going to have this coming Hanukkah. I think it's Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, it is Hanukkah. Um, and, of course, I'm going to kick off the conversation with Ulochaparas Pasha. Rabbi Benji Kramer, God bless him, gave me an amazing insight into Ulochaparas Pasha, a, a trivial insight, uh, not a spiritual one. The spiritual one I'll leave to uh, Rabbi Heber. Uh, there are a couple of things I'll never understand. The Ulochaparas Pasha I'll never remember the reason for. And, uh, and, and of course, I'll never remember the reason why, outside of Israel, uh, we do we start for St. Talamutter based on the solar calendar. You can explain it to me a million times, a million times, and I will never, ever get it. Is that unbelievable? Unbelievable. Uh, Dr. Gavan says, hi from Baltimore, where Nate Sahama is from 707 till 709, depending on who you ask. Now, Rabbi Heber is in Baltimore. I may be able to hit him with this one. That Nate's is uh, is in dispute down there in Maryland. I may be able to throw him off his game by starting off with that one. After all, he will be. Spe- I believe he's speaking to us from Baltimore. I think he was at a simcha last night in Jersey, but I think he'll be speaking to us from Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Anyway, or maybe that simcha's tonight. I forget what he told me. <laughs> I'd be so much better at this if I actually remember day-to-day what's going on. But some people say that it's better this way because every time I hear uh, some of the things he tells us, uh, it's like fresh and new uh, because I, I, I don't always hop it the first time around. So whatever it is, <laughs> I know a lot of people are looking forward to our conversation. That's coming up uh, just about 45 minutes from now. Here at JM in the AM. Ten minutes before seven o'clock. Plenty to do on this Wednesday morning. Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. 
David Gabe on this Rosh Chodesh morning with Odcha, words from Hallel, Pishuli, that was Shwebel Sarf and Levine before that. Wednesday morning in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abels and Hyman, makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more, old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more, and modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net, and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Rosh Chodesh morning, 8 o'clock hour, Rabbi Mayer did with his brand new book on Chinuch. 7 o'clock hour, just 35 minutes from now, Rabbi David Heber with a calendaric preview of 5782, all coming up. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday is next. Boker Tov from Jam and the Amp. Galay Tzal, Mirushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. בית המשפט המחוזי בירושלים יפרסם בעוד מספר דקות את הכרעת הדין במשפטו של אלירן מלול, המואשם ברצח בנסיבות מחמירות של אשתו מיכל סלע לפני כשנתיים. כתבתנו עשה אל פלד שמע את לילי בן עמי, אחותה של מיכל, לפני הדיון בבית המשפט. הוא אדם חלש, אדם חסר בושה. גם אחרי שהוא עשה את מה שהוא עשה, הוא שתק שמונה וחצי חודשים עד שהוא בחר לתת גרסה בבית המשפט, ועד היום הוא לא מוכן להגיד לנו מה קרה לילדה. זה יום מאוד מאוד לא פשוט. בוואטסאפ המשפחתי, אחותי ליאת, היא כתבה שמיכל איתנו פה, וזה משהו שהוא מחזק. ברקע הירידה בנתוני התחלואה, ראש הממשלה בנט הנחה לקדם פטור מבידוד לתלמידים בערים ירוקות כבר בשבוע הבא. 
במשרד הבריאות הגיבו, הנושא ייבדק. מדווחת כתבתנו המדינית מוריה עזרא וולברג. אחרי הכרזתו של ראש הממשלה כי מהשבוע הבא יסתיימו הבידודים לתלמידים בערים ירוקות, במשרד הבריאות טוענים כי הנושא ייבדק, אבל בכל מקרה נדרש לסיים את הפיילוט בכדי לגבש המלצה אפידמיולוגית אחראית ושקולה. גורמי המקצוע פעלו עד כה לבחינת נושא זה בהתאם להחלטה שאישר הקבינט, הקבינט כזכור, אישר את סיום הבידודים לתלמידים רק מאמצע אוקטובר עם סיום הפיילוט. כתב אישום בגין הפיגוע ביפו בערב יום הכיפורים הוגש נגד פלסטיני, שוהה בלתי חוקי בן 20. על פי המיוחס לו, הוא נכנס לישראל במטרה לרצוח יהודי, אולם פגע בערבי נוצרי. מדווח כתבנו בתל אביב, בן נצר. על פי כתב האישום, המחבל נכנס לשטח ישראל באופן לא חוקי, במטרה לפגוע ביהודים בערב יום הכיפורים. הוא החל לדקור אדם בפארק מדרון יפו, תוך שהוא צועק שבכוונתו לפגוע ביהודי. הנדקר, שהיה ערבי נוצרי, פנה אליו בערבית, אולם הוא המשיך עד שחשב שהוביל למות הקורבן. מיוחסים לו מעשה טרור של ניסיון רצח ועבירות נוספות. חבר הכנסת שמחה רוטמן החליט לדחות בשבוע את ההצבעה על חוק יסוד ההגירה שהיה צפוי לעלות היום במליאה, אותו הביא כתגובה לחוק האזרחות שלא עבר בכנסת. ההחלטה מגיעה בעקבות משא ומתן המתקיים בין רוטמן לשרת הפנים שקד, ובאופוזיציה מעריכים כי ניתן יהיה להגיע לסיכום שיחזיר את המצב לקדמותו ללא ההקלות שהובטחו למרץ ורע"מ לקראת ההצבעה הקודמת. בשיחה עם נורית קנטי בגלי צה"ל, אמר חבר הכנסת רוטמן, הסכמתי לדחייה כי השיחות עם שקד הפכו רציניות. מנגד, חבר הכנסת יאיר גולן ממרץ טען, חבר הכנסת רוטמן מנסה לחבל בקואליציה. שרת הפנים צריכה להביא הצעה, שההצעה שמקובלת על כלל מרכיבי הקואליציה, ולא צריך, מה שנקרא, לרקוד לפי חלילו של שמחה רוטמן, שעמדותיו הלאומניות הקיצוניות מוכרות לכולם. זה נורא משעשע בעיניי שיאיר גולן מכנה את העמדה שלי, שבסופו של דבר עמדתה של השרה שקד, בסופו של דבר היא עמדתם של רוב המוחלט של סיעות הקואליציה והאופוזיציה בכנסת ישראל, כי היא העמדה הקיצונית, ואילו העמדה שלו סכום המשכנתאות באוגוסט עלה ב-43% לעומת חודש אוגוסט אשתקד. מדווחת כתבתנו עינב קרנר. 12,625 משכנתאות נלקחו במהלך אוגוסט, זו עלייה של יותר מ-4.5% לעומת החודש הקודם וכ-90% לעומת החודש המקביל אשתקד. כך לפי הנתונים של בנק ישראל, סך המשכנתאות טיפס באוגוסט ל-12 מיליארד שקלים. גם בקרב המשקיעים נרשמה עלייה של יותר מ-8% בסכום המשכנתאות ביחס לחודש הקודם. שני חוקרים מגרמניה וארצות הברית זכו בפרס נובל לכימיה על פיתוח כלי ליצירת מולקולות. כתב חדשות החוץ, טל שנהב. בפרס היוקרתי התחלקו השנה צמד חוקרים, בנג'מין ליסט הגרמני ודייוויד מקמילן האמריקני. הם פיתחו יחד זרזים אורגניים לא סימטריים לייעול תגובות בכימיה אורגנית, פיתוח המאפשר חקר של חומרים רפואיים חדשניים. השניים התחלקו כעת בפרס בסך עשרה מיליון קרונות שוודיות. מזג האוויר, הטמפרטורות תהיינה רגילות לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Ana Hashem, Hatzlich Ana 
J.M. in the A.M. Yehia Chodesh on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Don't forget all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. We've got Yalav Yavo and Half Hallel and, um, and special Torah reading for Rosh Chodesh. Musaf with Uluch Paras Pasha. Baruch Afshi and whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. First of a two-day Rosh Chodesh, Mar Cheshvan. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning broadcast. Menucha with Yehia Chodesh Hazeh. They had Shirul Hashem before that, Sandy Shmueli with Anna Hashem to open up that set. JM in the AM, good morning. Mostly cloudy with a high temperature of 71. Spoke yesterday with a couple of people down in Miami Beach. And there is excitement about our visit coming up uh, at the beginning of next week. Remember, on Monday night, on Monday night, we're going to pre-record Tuesday morning's JM and the AM at the Beth Israel Congregation on West 40th Street in Miami Beach. You're all invited, by the way. I spoke to Rabbi Bixen. He said, come on down. He said "He said what Florida has been saying for the last year and a half. Come on down. Come on in and enjoy Beth Israel Congregation. It should be a fun, very interesting, and uh, action-packed show between 7 and 10 p.m. You'll hear it Tuesday morning, and then on Tuesday... We go to um, the young people of Miami Beach, the students of the Rabbi Alexander Sender Gross uh, Hebrew Academy, and with Rabbi um, Guttenberg and his staff, faculty, students, we're going to be doing a radio show smack in the middle of the day Tuesday, and you'll hear that on Wednesday mornings. JM and the AM. So we've got a lot of excitement going on down in Florida. I didn't think we'd cause so much of a stir, uh, but apparently people are very excited about the fact that we're coming down, doing shows, and they get to enjoy it. And I certainly hope you'll be tuned in. Should be very interesting learning about Florida and finding out why the entire country has wanted to go, including our communities, have wanted to go down to the Sunshine State over the last year and a half. So that's uh, all coming up starting with Beth Israel Congregation down in the Miami Beach and then the uh, Hebrew Academy uh, the following day. Uh, Thursday, we're expected back in studio. Monday and Thursday, we should be in studio here at JMNAM. It's just those uh, two days that we'll be away and the Florida programs will uh, will air. Um, I hope you've had your cup of Gaia coffee. If not... Make sure to order some today and use promo code radio at GAIACoffee.com. GAIACoffee.com. It's very, very simple. You take your uh, glass of boiling hot water and you toss a Gaia coffee bag into it. And a couple of minutes later, you have an unbelievably tasting fresh brewed cup of coffee. That's what it's all about. If you love fresh brewed and you love convenience, you'll love Gaia. Take a look for the beautiful packaging in the stores. Go online to GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A-Coffee.com. Order your starter kit. Use promo code RADIO so that you could save on anything that you order on that website. GaiaCoffee.com, G-A-I-A-Coffee.com. Join Turo College as we celebrate 50 years. From a class of 35 students in 1971, Turo is now a flourishing institution. More than 100,000 alumni have graduated and moved on to serve the community in fields of medicine, dentistry, healthcare, finance, Jewish education, law, social work, and so much more. Be part of the Jubilee Year of Turo and help honor the esteemed alumni, 
dedicated faculty and inspiring students. Visit 50.turo.edu. 50.turo.edu. Big day here at JM and the AM. Rabbi David Heber coming up at 735. Oh, we're looking forward to that conversation about the year 5782. And Rabbi Mayer, you did, is coming up later on in hour number three of our broadcast. Go to artscroll.com and order his brand new book. Every time you go to artscroll.com, always make sure to use promo code radio. Shlomo Katz is next. It's JM in the AM. <laughs> נכון אתם אנשים כשרים, אך לא לזאת הייתה כוונתי. רציתי שתהיו כחיות הנואמות ביער, לילות שלמים. רציתי שתהיו כחיות הנואמות ביער. Thank <laughs> you. 
JM in the AM. Shlomo Katz featuring Nissan Black with that selection. Pretty amazing, huh? That's a good one. Wednesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman, kosher hot dog, sausage, and deli is the world's best. Serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Rabbi David Heber is coming up. We'll speak with him about uh, the year 5782, calendaric trivia, the whole nine yards, as the expression goes. <laughs> we'll do that coming up here at JM in the AM. A reminder that with the uh, ups and downs of the COVID era, many people are feeling the stressful effects of dealing with the pandemic. And if you're feeling it, chances are your kids are feeling it too. We've worked with OL Children's Home and Family Services for many years now, and OHEL knows how to help our children in our community with sensitivity and with expertise. OL specialty is working with issues of anxiety and building resilience. If you need help, I encourage you to call them at 1-800-603-OHEL. That's 1-800-603-OHEL. Place a call. They'll be more than happy to pitch in and help. Uh, hour number three of this broadcast today will feature by Mayor You Did, the brand new book, The Power of Chinuch. It's at artscroll.com. Again, artscroll.com. Remember the rule. Every time you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Every time you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio for both your discount and your uh, free shipping. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. The book you're looking for today is right, Mayor You Did, The Power of of Chinuch, and we get a chance to speak with him uh, coming up um, coming up at 8.20 Eastern Time this morning here at JM in the AM. All righty. Baruch Hashem. Um... I want to make sure this audio is working properly. And there we go. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Today is Rosh Chodesh. As is the custom with every Rosh Chodesh and Yom Tov, we say Ya Levi Yavo in Shmona Esrei. It's interesting that the Sefer Chaim points out Ya Levi Yavo is that we pray to Hashem, we beg Hashem that we should be Zoche to ascend and to come in peace to the place of the Beis HaMelech, the palace of the king, that nothing should happen along the way. Viyagia. And we also pray that we are able to reach the palace of the king and that there are no obstacles that hold us back. The next part is that we are zoche to see and to behold the countenance, the greatness, the shine of the king. Not only that, but it should be an esrotzon, a charm time, a time of great pleasing before Hashem. V'yishama, in that our tfilos, our tachnunim, all of our prayers and supplications should enter in to the king. V'yipake v'yizacher, and finally, that the king will fulfill 
and accede to all of our requests. How interesting it is that we say this Tfila Yala Viyavo at special times during the year. Each and every Yom Tov and every Rosh Chodesh is an Ace Ratzon. It's a time of pleasing. It's a charm time when a person can pray, when a person can daven. They can do chesed. They can learn. And the learning and the chesed and the praying on those special days have a very great power. The great Rabbi Yitzchok Zev Soloveitchik once commented, We say in Yala Biyavo, V'yizka zichroneinu, the idea is that the particular needs of each and every individual in Klal Yisrael, according to their matzav, will be answered and will be seen by Hashem, Bashkocha Pratis, by Divine Providence. The Zichron Kol Amcha Beis Yisrael, and the remembrance of the entire nation of Klal Yisrael. Zikaron, the remembrance, means that what Klal Yisrael needs as a nation right now. The healing, the Besuros Tavos, the Yeshuas, the salvations, the Refuos, that Hashem Yisbarach will send down to the entire nation, Brochon Hatzlocha, particularly on this day. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day and a good chodesh. J.M. in the A.M. My thanks, of course, Rabbi Goldwasser. Well, the time has arrived. The much-anticipated conversation with the one and only Rabbi David Heber. Rabbi Heber is with us live via telephone. He is author of the brand new book entitled The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, Fascinating Zmanim and Calendar Calculations. It is an Israel bookshop uh, publication, and it is available to you both in your bookstores, uh, but maybe more conveniently at israelbookshoppublications.com. Again, israelbookshoppublications.com. Uh, go to that site and uh, purchase The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, a recent release by our amazing friend, Rabbi David Heber. Rabbi Heber, of course, is Kasha's administrator at the Star K. He's spiritual leader of Kahal Avas Yisrael Tzemach Tzedek down in Baltimore, Maryland, where earlier today we learned from one of our commentors, commentators on the app, that Nate Sachama in Baltimore, depending on who you ask, was sometime, Nate Sachama, by the way, is Sunrise, was sometime between 707 and 709 this morning. Rabbi Heber, Shana Tova, and welcome back to JM in the AM. You too, good yar, Shana Tova, and a good chaydish. It's a chaydish tov to all of your listeners and to you. I hope your yantav was as nice as ours. Yantav was wonderful. Let's start with that because I'm going to jump right in. My children surmise after this Yantav season that of the four setups, the Tuesday-Wednesday is the most difficult, even more difficult than the three-day Yantavs. Do you have an opinion on this? <laughs> okay. I've, I've had an opinion on this since third grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, think, I think kids in school love this, this combination, and people who work... <laughs> Uh, have a difficult time with the situation. It all depends on who you ask. <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> well, there you go. It's a, it's a very subjective question. By the way, did you announce a time for Nate Sachama? Was there a controversy down in Baltimore? What time sunrise was this morning? Yeah, yeah no. I mean, we are so interesting. We have a, our shul has a minion that was at six twenty, six thirty regularly. Right. 
but we started last year a uh, a minion like for people who don't want to you know rush and who don't want to have before Nate. So during the winter we have one that uh, has Nate. So like people in the Daf Yaimi, they finish at six thirty and then they'll start a little bit later to to dominate Nate. And uh, we just started that. It's actually a portion this week at a at a base oval that minion because yeah. the oval that minion. But uh, it, it all depends. This is a huge conversation <laughs> of exactly how to calculate sunrise, and it's uh, it's becoming a very, very uh, um, more widespread discussion. You know, you would think sunrise is just so basic, right? But it, it, it really, without getting into major detail, right? You know, the Naval Observatory just takes sea level, but yet the actual sun comes up. You know, based on on not only altitude but the the topography around you. If you want to read a lot about it, there's a website by Reb Chaim Keller from from Israel. I met with him on, on a visit there. A wonderful person. It's High Tables. That, that's also a website with flights, right. flight information. Right. He has a whole write up about topography. He he could give you any sunrise based on the topography around you at different neighborhoods, and it's really fascinating. It's just a, it's a never ending. Uh, discussion and sunrises. I mean, I got a few charts of sunrise of, of how to calculate it. But uh, anyway, it's interesting you ask. Rabbi Heber is with us, of course. The book is called The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. I'm going to try to speak about the book during this conversation, but if we run out of time, Rabbi Heber, I am committed to you to bring you back just to talk about the book. There's so many things I want to ask you about 5782. Many people thought it was appropriate that our first conversation about 5782 be on the first day of the year, the brand new year that we say, Ulchaparas Pasha. Those are the extra words that are included in Musaf today and tomorrow and until the second month of Adar this year uh, because it is a leap year. And my good friend Rabbi, Rabbi Benji Kramer pointed out to me two things. Number one, Ulchaparas Pasha brings to um, I, I brings the total number of things that we say in that portion of Musaf to 13 which is interesting because we have 13 months this year. And he also pointed out to me that uh, it's interesting that we stop saying Ulchaparas Pasha in Adar Beis. And it's sort of like indicating that once Adar Beis is finished, the second month of Adar is gone, we are sort of no longer in a leap year, if you get what I say on a, you know, on a, more, on a more abstract level. What's your reaction to that? Right. I mean... I, I, one of the reasons given, there's several reasons given to Kaparas Pasha. One of them is simply you have an extra month to do something wrong, so you need that extra Kaparas <laughs> Pasha, right? Which means That's true. Uh, atonement. Kaparas is the same as this Yom Kippur. Uh, atonement, Pasha are, are, you know, are sins. So another very interesting reason is you find a discussion of, you know, why is it a leap year this year? So our calendar is, of course, what's called Alpi Cheshben, which means it's done by, by calculation, not Alpi Re'iya anymore, which means by sight of the moon. When they, in the days of the Sanhedrin, they would actually uh, declare the new moon and the new month by sight, and we can't do that anymore. But it used to be they had to calculate, should this be a leap year, not a leap year? So there was a discussion in the, by Chizkiah as to whether or not it's a proper pick of should this be a leap year or not because there's a lot at stake because technically if you pick the wrong year you can end up when you're eating those hamantashen on on Shushan uh, Purim right. you're eating hamantash on Pesach right? right so so the kaparas pasha is kind of like if we made a mistake you know it should be a, a kapara so 
once other base comes around and we've already declared the new moon, so then that month is it. Then we're done. Then we're right. kind of like in the clear. I think that's Very. one of the reasons why we stopped. Very good. Once it comes. Very good. Excellent. I love that. Uh, by the way, I, I know you have a lot of stuff to tell us about the brand new year. I wanted to point out a couple of things. Can I assume, since we start saying the same Talumutar next week in Israel, can I assume that this is one of the longest stretches between when Israel starts and when the diaspora starts to say the same Talumutar? Yes, it, it is. It's a long, it could be a long stretch because it's an early year, which is what, which is one of the you know, one of the interesting points of this year, really last year and this year, I've been extremely early. It's, it's, right. it's only two days later than that super early year in 2013. Um, the previous year was the fifth year of the 19-year cycle, which is the second earliest, and, um, and therefore feeding into the sixth year, the beginning of the sixth year, until we get to Adar, where we finally catch up, it's an extremely early year, which is why the Amtaivim were done by the time we started, um, uh, you know, October. Right. All the Amtaivim were done already. We're going to be, right. in three years from now, we're going to be in the Assassinate Shuva in, in October, right. which is pretty amazing. That is so my amazing. point here is that because it's such an early year, the seventh day of Cheshvan, which is when Israel begins the St. Talmud of the Vracha, is so early, and it's so much earlier than the December 4th by Mariv. Which is which is the time that we start? So we have that you know longer, as you say, longer discrepancy. Absolutely. Is the regular parochus back in your synagogue, or was that before Shabbos Bracious or after Shabbos Bracious? Right. We put it up before Shabbos right. Bracious. So this drives uh, me crazy. This drives me crazy because I am of the opinion. And look, you're an old timer. You you know what it was like in the old large synagogues. Am I right? And I know we've discussed this before. But the ble- best thing about having me as the interviewer is I don't remember anything that we discussed last year. <laughs> am I right or am I, am I right or wrong that in Jewish tradition it always seemed when we were growing up that the month of that during the month of Tishrei until after Shabbos Bracious that per, that white parochas was not touched. Am I just dreaming that? Okay, so I'm going to say on that, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember a lot of things, but I don't, I don't remember the project. But on the topic of Parachas, I must mention yeah. that in the summer I was in, for one day I went to, to be Menachem Oval, a very, very uh, dear member of ours, uh, Ramosi Truhoff, who was sitting Shiva in, in Zurich uh, for his father, Al Shalom. And we went, we literally, a few of us flew in, we came in in the morning, and we we took a flight in the afternoon, right. you know, back home. We right. just went to Malcolm Oval, but the, we were there for several hours, and I met with the Rav, uh, Rav, Rav Levy, who's a very, very dear friend of mine. And we also took a, a brief tour of the IRG Shul, which is a 120, 130-year uh, kihila in, uh, in Zurich. And they showed us, it was an informal tour. We went in, you know, to the Shul. One of the, one of the, one of, uh, you know, the people from there just took, took us around, and we saw and in there, they have many different parochas that are there. It's unbelievable. They change them for each each yontif has a wow. different parochas. So we're used to white and wow. the rest of the year. They have a parochas for shvuas. They have a parochas for, I, I forgot already exactly. Wow. But there's a, there's a small closet. It was beautiful. It's a closet lined up. One parochas, I think we're nine or ten. Wow. I don't remember the exact number, but it's beautiful to see. And, of course, that's the, the, the Yekisha tradition of, 
each yontif gets its own nigin, each yontif right. gets its own right. um, uh, paraiches, and each yontif gets its own shiramalais. And it's funny um, because it's funny because last Friday when I was really you know focused on this issue, because of course last Friday was Arab Shabbos Bracious, so last Friday someone said to me, that they are that they remember that the Yekisha community of Washington Heights changed the parochas back before Shabbos Brachas. I said, "What is that?" I said, "I said if that's the case, then I concede on this issue. If the if the German Jewish community changes it back during Tishrei, then I completely concede because who would be more into tradition than that community, of course? But if somebody knows, if somebody's up in Breuer's now, or if anybody knows when they changed the parochas, I'm begging you, please let us know. Or by Hebrews with us, his brand new book, The Intriguing World of Jewish." Time. You can go to IsraelBookshopPublications.com, IsraelBookshopPublications.com, and we'll try to get to uh, some of the issues in the book in just a couple of minutes. All right, a couple more things on my list before I I, I give the um, floor to you, uh, Rabbi Heber. Um, it, the one of our listeners pointed out that this year, because it is set up right Tuesday, Wednesday, there is some type of discrepancy about which Hoshanas you say. On the fourth day, is that is there a reason why this setup calls for a controversy regarding which Hashanahs to say on that day of Yantiv? Yes, that is true. If you look at the old art scroll Sidurim, it's got an asterisk. I think they, I think they changed it and they just put in one minig, um, and and there is an asterisk for that because the. Now I don't have this one exactly on the top on the top of my tongue here. But each Hashanah, I know the first day, for example, um, the, the Hashanah, the, the second day was, was, the first is about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was about right. Hashem. Right. And that's that uh, of the Hashanah. The right. second one is Evan Shia, which is about the Beis HaMikdash. Right. The third day, interesting, is Erech Shui, and right. that's about Yom Kippur, because it's the same day of the week as, as Yom Kippur was. Um, it was a week later, so you're 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 kind of like thinking, "Hey, we were in shul a week ago, right, right now, on on you're know, dominating on the Yom Neiraim. and then the next, the last one is about Mayim, um, Adina Mashi, I believe, is the one before Hashanah Rabbah. Now, when Shabbos comes and things get shifted, those middle ones are questionable. Which one takes precedence in the middle? And I, again, I don't have on my fingertips right. the exact reason. But I once I once gave a sheer on this. I have notes on this. But the middle ones, it's a question of which one are we going to give priority to, A or B, as far as the reason, and therefore one of them, you know, so to speak, wins out over the other one, and therefore that's that's the basis of the machlokes. Amazing! What a tradition and heritage we have, Rabbi Heber. Do you know? And again, this is off the top of your head. Obviously, I don't expect you to know it, but I'm curious because one of our listeners brought it up. Do you know the last time? That it was both a leap year and a shemitah year together. Is it very? I mean, I would assume just mathematically, it's really, uh, um, it's really rare, right? So the last time, okay. So I believe the two thousand and eight. Um, we had I that setup. Was the last time two thousand seven, two thousand eight was the last time it happened. But here's here's a really interesting uh, point. Yeah. The last time. We had a Shemitah that was 384 days. Okay? Yeah. Right? That's the rarest number of days possible. First of all, let me just back up in a minute. There's a Gemara Sanhedrin that, that says a leap year Shemitah should not be a leap year because right. you have an extra month. And right. as we know, during Shemitah, the, there's, there's no sure. work of the land. And it's, it's, uh, we don't want to add an extra month. So I actually speak about this uh, in my paper and um, – 
in my in Shari's manam, I, I speak about this. I don't believe I speak about it in the book, but um, the, the answer to this is that there are different reasons why we make a leap year. There used to be reasons for actually infrastructure, bri- uh, bridges and roads had to be fixed, and if the winter was worn down. They needed an extra month. The Gemara Sanhedrin says that. So for those reasons, we didn't make a leap year. That's in the days when they made leap years based on on, on calculation. Okay, then what happened was that now we only make leap years because of, of, you know, the the, the Pesach Shafala in the spring. So that takes precedence over Shemitah. And therefore, in our calendar system, we allow a Shemitah during a leap year. It happens Seven times every 133 years. Unbelievable. That's particularly, on average, once in 19 years. Now, a leap year is either 383, 384, or 385. 384 days is the least common number of days in a year. And 385 is is the most we can ever have in a year. Correct. That's correct. But 384 only happens when you have a leap year after a year with with Purim on, on Friday. So you see already... It's it's poor amount of Fridays, not that often, right? And then you got a leap year after that is going to only is going to also make it very uncommon. It would be the same so, as, Sha- as Shabbos Erev Pesach, which we know is the rarest. So. Ex- exactly right. So that last happened in ninety four ninety five. Right. That was not a shemitah. Okay, the last time a three hundred eighty four day year was a shemitah year was ninety eight years ago, which was nineteen twenty four nineteen twenty three twenty four. Um, tough race pay and guess what began on that Rosh Hashanah of that year? Tell me. Dafyaimi. Wow. Right? Interesting. Dafyaimi began on the, Christmas, the famous legend, not legend, the famous story that the Chavetz Chaim came to the Kisikadayla and, and he stood up for, um, for Lublina Rav. Right. That was about two, three weeks before Rosh Hashanah. And then the second part of that story was the, of the acceptance was the Ger Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah night said, get me a Gemara Brachas. And, and we're doing that base. And then when the Rebbe did that, right, everybody, right, yeah, sure. everybody did this. Everybody followed. And it, it caught on. So between the Chavetz Chaim and the, and the, and the Ger Rebbe, I want to say MS was the Rebbe at the time. Um, uh, um, but I, I might be mistaken. But it was the Ger Rebbe. So between that, that Fiyami caught on. That was on a Monday night, Rosh Hashanah, 1923, which was the beginning of a Shemitah year. Amazing. Rabbi David Heber is with us. Purim and Lagba Omer are always the same day of the week? Yes. Um, Peleg it, is the way to remember that. It's in this week's parsha. The name Peleg, um, which, of course, he was born by the Dora Florida. Oh, Purim, Peleg. And, Purim and Lag. Purim and Lag, yeah. yeah. Um, am I right? Because you made a big deal about the next time we have a year without any double parshios. But am I right that, that you that, – the, the, am I right that this year, 5782, there'll be only one double parsha? Am I right about that? That's correct. That is going to be the Tzam Vayelach right. at the very end. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, not this Matzah. I'm sorry. The Tzam Vayelach will be, sep- right. will be, we'll be se- separate. Right. Not this Matzah, Matzah, Matzah together. Matzah. But in Israel, every parsha is separate because it, it, we're going to have we're going to have to speak again Pesach time. <laughs> right. We'll be off. Right. All the again, we're going right. to have this again, right. which has been happening very often. Yep. But we're going to have to remember this because the next discrepancy is not for another 20-some-odd years. The long discrepancy, all the way from Pesach till Masmase, uh, uh, till the base of, the next time it's going to happen is in, I believe, about 20, 21 years or so. 
we're not going to have this discrepancy. We've had a bunch of them. Right. We will have other shorter discrepancies, but right. not but not this, this long. lengthy yeah, one. It goes. And everybody to, asks the question, right? So, you know, what, what, well, we've discussed this. Dvarim erev erev tishabab, right? I mean, Dvarim during Shabbos Chazon. Also, about midbar. When we went by midbar before right, Shabbos, and uh, actually, also, right. I have a whole lengthy discussion right. of this uh, in, in the book. But my point here is that um, in Israel, every part is going to be separate. Right. Right. However, in in Chutzlar, it's Every parsha the next time is separate is going to be twenty fifty two. And when we are off of uh, when we're one week off of the parshios, you know this coming spring season, Rabbi Heber, you know my attitude toward that. You're gonna you're gonna have to sit through my rant on that one. We'll hear we'll hear about it. We'll hear about it. We'll, you, we'll defend it. You, we'll it. you certainly will. You're gonna have no choice. Okay. Put up a great yeah. defense. Uh, and I'll turn to you in a second for the year setup because obviously. If we have 384, not 385, we're quote unquote missing a day somewhere, which I'm sure you'll explain which Rosh Chodesh, you know, does what and what setup we have for 5782. But my final observation before I turn to you for that is uh, something that you've already told us because you, you already gave us the excitement in advance to anticipate this. Twice in 5782, we will have three Sifrei Torah during our Shabbos morning services. That is correct. We're going to have Shabbos Hanukkah, and we're actually two years in a row. Not only that, but in in we're going to have many, many times. We're going to have, I mean, r- relatively speaking, we're talking about, we just came off of Simchus Torah, of course, which is every year. We're right. going to have Shabbos Hanukkah. And Rosh Chodesh. And then Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Right. And then, bonus, we're going to have Hanukkah again, right? Back to back. We're going to have Shabbos Hanukkah, three different Torah. 2021 um, and 2022 as Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh? Yes. Wow. Yes, That's pretty cool. The next year, next year will happen again. But, um, and then of course, we can get the longest benching two years in a row. Right. Um, but then enjoy it now. I, I, have a, I actually I can't tell you how much the excitement of such a moment when it comes. We get it again in 2025, and then we go on a 14-year hiatus. won't happen again until 2039. That's where it. you have, you know, the three Sivitaran Hanukkah and the longest benching. Wow, very cool. All right. And how rare is it to have these, aside from Simchus Torah, of course, to have the two other Shabbatot with three Torahs? How often does that happen? Not often. I don't have the number. I could probably calculate it. It'd be twice in a year where you have three different right. Torah. Correct. Um, right. So you get it. We actually had it also this, um, you didn't get it in a year where um, Rosh Hashanah is on a Monday and uh, the 30 days of Cheshire and Kislev, you're going to get it in a year when Rosh Hashanah is on a Tuesday. Um, well, no, 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 I take that back. You, you, need, you need a leap year. You need Rosh Hashanah on a Monday, like this year. Right. Rosh Hashanah on a, Monday, on a, on a Tuesday. Right. It, it happens. I don't have the stat, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess a total guess. I know I'm going to get You're going to get an email saying I was off by a few percent. <laughs> I'm going to guess maybe 15%, but uh, that's a guess. I don't have that stat. I could have calculated, but it take me a few minutes. So. By the way, the Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday is the rarest, right, for Tishrei? Tuesday, Wednesday. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's an interesting discussion and, and takes about a minute to explain, but it's, fa- it's fascinating. The Mylod is the determinant of Rosh Hashanah. The Mylod, of course, being the time of the new moon. So think about it. Rosh Hashanah could fall out on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Shabbos. Okay? Right. If the Mila, without getting into all the details of exactly when the Mila has to fall out, so we'll just make this simple. If the Mila falls out Wednesday or Thursday, 
for all practical purposes. It really means Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday or Thursday morning, which is a 24-hour span. Rosh Hashanah is on Thursday. Right. So you get two two out of seven. If the Milan is on you know, Friday or Shabbos, then Rosh Hashanah is Shabbos. You get two two chances, two days. If the if the Milan is Sunday or Monday, Rosh Hashanah is on Monday. Mm-hmm. So you get two chances. Right. For Rosh Hashanah to be on Tuesday, you only get one chance. It's got to fall out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So you only get one of seven chances. And if you look at the, some of the other rules, it's actually even less than that. So it's really just, it just, it doesn't just fall out that often because of that. And of course that had the ramifications of, of, you know, the rest of really last year, it impacted more than this year because, you know, with the Purim Friday and, 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 and et cetera. Someone asked me uh, how today could be Rosh Chodesh if Rosh Hashanah was Tuesday, Wednesday, because, you know, the next month is always the following day of the week. But the reality is that Rosh Hashanah uh, is, is, is an anomaly because it's not a Rosh Chodesh, even though it is. But you know what I'm saying, meaning that usually Rosh Chodesh, right? It's usually the first, the last day of the month, and then it's plus the first day of the month, like today. Today's the last day of Tishrei, and then tomorrow is the first of Cheshvan. But with, but of course, Rosh Hashanah is the first and second day of Tishrei. So the next Rosh Chodesh day would be the day after the first day of Rosh Hashanah. That's correct, and that's, that's where we correct. are today. That's why today is. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the NFL falls after today being. Rosh Chodesh. Rabbi David Heber is with us. His book, by the way, is called The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. A lot of these subjects are discussed. Over 150 subjects are discussed. He's also doing a webinar later today, which we'll tell you about. Uh, but first, Rabbi Heber, I turn to you. Why 384? Uh, how, what, is the, what is the official setup, if you will, for the year 5782? Okay. So we had, of course, Rosh Hashanah was on a Tuesday. Cheshvan, which is the month we're about to begin, Mar Cheshvan, we begin this evening. Is going to be only 29 days, right. and Kislev is going to be 30 days. And the reason for that, that's known as a Kisidron, which means it's an order. And when you think about that, the months have been 29, 30, 29, 30, 29, 30. Without, we're going to get by by the leap year. It's going to get. It's going to. We'll have 30, two months of 30 in a row. But basically, Kisidron means an order. So this month is 30. Next month is 29. Then it's 30, etc. The reason for that is think way ahead. Next Rosh Hashanah has to fall out on a Monday based right. on the time of the of the new moon for next Tishrei. Right. In order to facilitate that, for Hashanah to be on a Monday, it, we got to have 384 days this year. And in order to facilitate that, we need Cheshvan to have 29 days, Kislev to have 30 days, and then everything falls into place. So we'll have that, that you know, Kisidron, and therefore Hanukkah is going gonna, is gonna, um, to be on a Monday because of the way it falls. And um, the, this year of fascinating year with the poor week we began right. on a Friday, Pesach on a Sunday, like Blame on a Friday. This past year. We also continue with the Rosh Hashanah on Tuesday. Right. We also had something. We also had something. The law, most days in a row possible to lane because we laned 11 chutzlarts. We laned 11 days in a row, beginning with Erev Sukkot. was on a Monday. We had um, seven days of Sukkot, two days from Erev Sukkot, and then Isruchag, which was about a week ago, was on a Thursday. So we started Erev and Isru were laning days. So 9 plus 2 is 11. The only time in the Jewish calendar that has 11 days. By the way, I think you discussed this in the book, if I'm not mistaken. Right? I yes, think, yes, the, yes. The 11. It is in the book. But I, you know, I, got, I have to just tell everybody, in addition, if you, if you, if you found that fascinating, what Rabbi Heber just said about 11 days in a row laning, the brand new book, The Intriguing World of Jewish Time, is over 150 subjects. An amazing 
trivia, amazing analysis, amazing lumdus, a lot of great stuff. But I got to tell you, Rabbi Hebron, I'm not going to give the answer now because I want people to ask their kids at the Shabbos table. In fact, they should buy your book first so they have the answer in front of them. <laughs> the best of all 150, of all 150, the one we love the most in the Siegel home is how you recite a different Mariv Shmona Esrei nine nights in a row. I mean, we had so much fun with that. Now, don't say it. Don't even say the one word that would give it away. There's one great hint that would give it away. But I tell you, folks, you got to buy just for this question. You got to buy the book. <laughs> I won't. I won't. But there's a different question circulating yeah. around, and I just want to talk about that question yeah. and how this one is different yeah. without talking about the nine. Sure. But there was a question going around twelve nights in a row. We had different spanish, right? recently with Sukkot, but that, that question was tonight is different than last night. Right. Right. In other words, right. you, which was 12 nights in a row right. based on Sukkot and then Yontif and then it was Atachan uh, Antonu and, that's a different and question. so on. That's a different question. Totally yeah. different question. Right. The question that you're referring to is different everyone Marif, was different right. from the others. Right. Every Marif. Thank you for reading it. I, right. I can't thank you enough for, for your... Oh, you're, you're being machazic. By, the, by um, the way, and, I, and I, I said this to a dear friend of mine who has a community of a lot of people who are discovering Judaism. This book is not just for people who are, you know, really familiar with our heritage. There are a lot of people who are just learning about Judaism and just coming into davening, chakras, minchamarev, etc., who would find that question fascinating because they are learning, you know, what it is to say Shmon Esri, etc. And he agreed with me. And and you 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 should know that you know as much as I'm sure you you wrote this book for people like you know like us in mind, you know, who spend their lives in shul, thank God, uh, you know, and and addicted to the Jewish calendar, thank God, and have the 150 year Jewish calendar. I still I still take it with me into the living room after. Shabbos lunch, Rabbi Heber, and my kids. Oh, kid, I'm honored. <laughs> am I, on that topic, what you're mentioning, <laughs> I want to mention a, a, a which to me is a, a very personal, beautiful story. Forty, uh, my my grandfather was a rav, um, and and he was Makar of a Yid, right? He was Makar of a Yid. Who today is Erel Chayid with a beautiful family and uh, um, you know our children of Marbus Taira and grandchildren, beautiful family. When he was in Chassan, I was a I was a fourth grader, and the, this Chassan and his kala ate ate by our house right for Shabbos. They came to our house for Shabbos, right. and and we had them, and we knew. Oh, my grandfather was Makarovim, and he was getting married. He was very from Erel Chayid, and, and his wife also had recently become from over previous years. And I, I that was in fourth grade. Okay, I remember they got married. I was in fourth grade. My parents went to their wedding. I, you know, it was out of out of town. It wasn't St. Louis. I remember them going. And, and I'm sitting at the table, and I didn't remember this, but years later, his kala, who's, you know, told me that when I was at the table, I asked the following question. I said, what's the longest benching? <laughs> right? I was just a little, I was just a little whippersnapper kid, you know, right? Yeah. And I was like, what's the longest benching? And everybody's, oh, yeah. And I sit there with a, with a grin, and I'm saying, yeah, it's Shabbos or Shchaydish Hanukkah. And she told me that it had such a meaning <gasps> to her. Wow. Because... Because again, she was very frum, and, and you know she knew benching, and she knew how to bench. And again, today she's a, she's a grandmother, kind of an unbelievable mishpacha. But then she, you know, relatively recently become frum over the past few years and worked at it. And putting all this together was like, wow, wow. that's just unbelievable. So I always, you know, you mentioned this, Unreal. and I always reflect back on. Uh, yep, I'm on, telling on, you. On I, I, I'm, if you want to give a great bar mitzvah present, folks, or bat mitzvah present for a girl who's uh, interested in. And this type of uh, information, the boys and girls in our community are fascinated by this. 
Uh, I'm telling you, I could see kids just lying on their bed and, and eating this stuff up. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of, Rabbi Heber? You remember Hey Chatimza? No. The book no, Hey Chatimza, no. the, the Jewish riddle book? Really? Oh, that's funny. I, and I, yes, I remember the book of lists. I remember the right. Jewish book of lists. I remember the Jewish book of lists. Hey Chatimza was, was a Jewish trivia, you know, how could you have a situation like X, Y, and Z, etc. It was written, actually, it was very popular, uh, written in the early 1960s by my wife's uncle. And that was, really? and, and I regret that I don't know where my copy of it is because I know my kids would go crazy for it now. And I've gone on the internet looking for it. If anybody out there has any idea where to get an original Hechatimza, both Hebrew and English, let me know. Let me know. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSingle.com, the NachumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. NSN app. Rabbi David Heber is with us. He's Kasha's administrator at the Star K, spiritual leader of Kahala. In Baltimore today at what at noon today at noon Eastern time, Rabbi Tzvi Goldberg will host Rabbi Heber for a fascinating discussion on the topic of the intriguing world of Jewish time. They're going to be doing um, more of what we're doing now. Uh, the Jewish calendar and Zmani Hayom are complex, and Rabbi Heber makes the topic clear and easy to understand with this amazing brand new work, which includes 150 questions and answers on Jewish time. Uh, the r- webinar is today at 12 noon Eastern time. Um, to submit questions, you can email webinar at star-k.org, webinar at star-k.org. Uh, and of course the, um, the, uh, the program is available to everybody at 12 noon. I'm just trying to get the best way. Yeah. Um, you could go, yeah, webinar, you could, you could sign up. You could literally sign up. I want to make this as easy as possible because it's hard for people to write stuff down now. Uh, webinar at star-k.org, and they'll sign you up. Webinar at star-k.org, and they will sign you up. How's the book doing, Rabbi Heber? Are you getting a nice reaction? Baruch Hashem. Yeah, yeah, Baruch Hashem. Uh, it, it, you know, we, I get a few calls here and there, and uh, people, you know, in town who saw it. And uh, Baruch Hashem, it's very good. I, I, learning. I announced that you get corrections. You get corrections from no, people. Already there. No way. <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, <laughs> well the, correction, the correction came on a, on a, on a missed. Maramakim, where I, I I wrote in the Hakdama, I wrote uh, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it is because Ezel Chacham Arayis Anoila, that was part of my introduction discussion. Right. So off the cuff, right, I said, oh, that's Pirkei Avos Ezel Chacham. Right. Well, one second, Pirkei Avos Ezel Chacham Haloyim Me Call Adam. Right. Right. Arayis Anoila. So he wrote me. He wrote. I think it's a Tumbid Daflamet Beis. I think he wrote me. So okay, the second version we will uh, will. We'll work on it, Mr. Shem. Wow. I want to know two things, though, sure. on on things that are near and dear to you sure. regarding coming up in the year. Number one is the clap. That's your oh! ultimate favorite topic. Thank God, you brought, thank God you brought this up. Now, I'm assuming this is going to happen during Hanukkah, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Because on Matzei Shabbos Hanukkah, which is, which is that day where we have that longest benching. Right. And we have the second rarish Manasseh, which will be the Musaf. A Musaf Hanukkah with Ul Chaparas Pasha, right? That's the second Rashi Manasseh. Right? right. For the first Rashi Manasseh, see the book, right? Right. Um, but at night, Matzah Shabbos, it's going to be Rish Chaydish Hanukkah. So the Gabe is going to clap for Yalviyavai, right? right? It's going to be Yalviyavai. But that's we also start saying the same uh, the same Talmud Rachah that night. <laughs> So Gabayim, listen to Nachum Siegel very carefully. Make sure you announce right the same bracha 
because if you just clap, people can say, oh, it's Rish Chaydish tonight. And they can say, Yalav Yavai, and then there's going to be a buzz in the in the audience of the, the Tzibur. Of, <laughs> hey, one second. Well, why don't you tell us to say the same bracha over here? So, but it's even more. what my shear is going to be about that night. You know, it, my shear at the end of Shabbos. And by the way, those wondering why it's Matzei Shabbos is because next year is a secular leap year, right? Um, Otherwise, it would be uh, the day uh, before. No, 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 no. Next day, no. In other words, it's Matzei Shabbos because December 4th is Shabbos. It would be December, oh, I apologize. December 4th by Mara, I, regular business. Right. I December 4th is a Shabbos, I believe. And they're from Monday yeah, Shabbos. I, I, apolog- I apologize. I was looking at November. But one second. I thought if next year's a leap year. Uh, is, oh, next, not, next, not, year's next year's not a leap year. Right, next year's not a leap year. Right, next year in the secular. It would matter December 5th or 6th. So the night of December 4th. Which is which is quote unquote Orla December fifth. We start saying the Saint Talamutter. That's correct. That's correct. The next thing of major discussion is going to be we, we have in a month from now Rosh Chodesh exactly a month. We have a convergence that's going to make make um, a, a lot of I, I guess I'll say stress. But everybody should just tell their boss they'll be late to work that day a little bit because the, we we turn the clock ahead the latest possible day. November 7th is right. the first in America, first Sunday in November. That's right. going to be November the 7th, right. which is the absolute latest, which means the week preceding that is going to have the latest sunrises in any city. And Zmantzila. Right. Uh, and Zmantzila. Right. I mean, you're talking about in Detroit, you're talking about sunrise, you know, well after 8 o'clock, wow. well after 8 a.m. 8 a. And even in, in, I know in Baltimore, it's going to be like, I think, 740 sunrise. In New York, it's going to be also very late. That Friday is Rish Chaydesh. Oh, boy. Right. So everyone wants to roll back Rish Chaydesh, you know, to not start early. Right. But you can't start early. Those early minyanim, it's going to be pitch black. It's yeah. going to be before Alaysa Shachar. It's going to be wow. before Zman. So you can't daven before Alaysa Shachar. Um, and, and therefore, you got to, you know, the rubs should sit down and analyze with the kabbalim exactly how early you could start. And and you know those early minyan and rishchaydish are just going to have to have have to manage, um, and and you know do it do it properly. So again, you know works a little bit late, and uh, so that's a one take, day, take that's a one day rishchodesh on Friday, November fifth. Correct, that's correct. The whole week's going to be hard. Right. The whole week is right. very late. Even regular minyanim that normally yeah. start you know six fifteen, oh, six oh, o'clock, oh, are going to have a problem. But rishchaydish, it's it's. Yeah. They already it becomes an- much more complicated. They already announced up here that uh, that our Sunday minion a week from this Sunday is going to be six oh five instead of six o'clock because they need time to you know put on tefillin before you shabbach. So exactly. So they're exactly. going they're going to you know they they they, they can't put on tefillin before zman tefillin, so they're not going to start. But you know uh, yeah you get the whole thing. I'm <laughs> right, 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 Nor- Normally absolutely. they start six and get the shabbach six fifteen, knowing that they can't get the shabbach till six twenty, so they're going to start six oh five. By the way, on the clop issue, it's even more complicated than you said. I believe it's even more complicated than you said. I'll tell you why. Not only do you have the yalaviyavo and the vesain talamutar, which both, of course have to be said that night. But people often are confused during Hanukkah if that late in Hanukkah they're still clopping for Alanisim or not. So it, oh, that's true also, right? right. Like, what's the guy been doing over right. here? Like, we so, don't say Alanisim. So it, if someone hears two clops, it's possible they'll think, oh, Yalaviyavo and Alanisim. I would argue that to cover all bases, you might have to bang three times that night. <laughs> That's right, right, right. But you're allowed by Marv, you're allowed to call out. Right. And Minchal, um, right? Yeah, Minchal Marv. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, right. Anyway, yeah. Oh, so, that's anyway, true. Is- that's true. So that night they'll make it clear by just shouting out all the instructions. But it's so Correct. much. But it's so much cooler in yeshivish when you just clop, Rabbi Heber. <laughs> right, I understand. I understand. All right, yeah. I want to point out one thing yeah. in the book. Besides, besides, um, you know, all the interesting, like longest and the most often. Right. I I didn't want it only to be, you know, just all the like, you know, interesting like uh, trivia you right. know, things. So I put in certain explanations of of things that are, you know, modern related. Uh, besides, very calendar related and. You know the mechanics of the calendar and the mylan and so on, but um, you know even even issues of like just Yoivel, right? We know in Yoivel, um, we, we, the the avodim went free. Exactly, you know when did that happen and when did they blow the shayfer on Yoivel or Hakel? Hakel next year after Hakel they celebrated all of all of Kalisol, all the Yidden came together in. Uh, by the base of Migdash and celebrating Hakel. Exactly what time was that? When during Sukkot was that? It's fascinating. There are different opinions um, as to what that is. Or there's a Gemara in Brachas that says uh, Bilam, you know, cursed uh, Klai Yisrael during a Rega, which is a very short span of time. Do you know there's like eight different opinions? How long is a Rega? It's, it's, how many milliseconds is a, is a Rega? So I, I actually looked up, I researched this topic, and 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 look to see exactly how long how long that is. So some of it is just explanations of you know things that we do or you know halachas and getting a, a deeper understanding or how to write rishchidish on a ksuba. Right. Um, you, you write rishchidish. Don't you write? What if you have a ksuba? This is always talk. You go to weddings and you're waiting around and saying we're waiting until it gets dark because right. we don't want to predate the ksuba. Right. I go through those halachas of you know early ksuba, a late ksuba. Um, so again, besides all the, you know, the the um, the interesting tidbits, uh, which I which uh, are, are which we find fascinating, if you you've given the opportunity to address on the show, you know, for many years, and I greatly appreciate it. But we get into some of the interesting, you know, halachic, a little a little more serious type of types of discussions that we that we have. Order the book now, everybody. Israelbookshoppublications.com. Israelbookshoppublications.com. It's called the Intriguing World of Jewish Time. Rabbi David Heber, information about uh, the seminar, the webinar, rather, uh, at noon today. Um, it's webinar at star-k.org, webinar at star-k.org. You'll be able to start an email exchange and get signed up for that if you want to uh, If you want to um, participate at 12 noon Eastern time today uh, on the webinar on this very same topic. Um, I, I think it's the—you you do mention yard sites in the book, and I think, yes. I, I think I've mentioned to you that my father had this custom of uh, not just— you know, getting uh, Kabbalah Shabbos and Musaf before a yard site, uh, but he actually davened Erev Shabbos Mincha through Matzah Shabbos Mariv on the Shabbos before he had yard site. That was his... Well, fascinating. Yeah. Very fascinating. So I asked... We talk about that, yeah. So I, yeah. I think that his yard site can never be on Shabbos, but I believe my mother's yard site this year is on Shabbos. What happens the prior Shabbos? Are, are my customs of, of what I do for davening, whether it's Kabbalah Shabbos, Musaf, or everything, does it apply to the Shabbos before that Shabbos? Do I get Mafter and Aliyah that Shabbos? How does it work when yard site's on Shabbos? Tumen Hagim. Tumen Hagim. Summer Nayik to take and summer Nayik to, uh, you know, do, to do it bow by I would say most shuls don't, especially big shuls, because you come and say, I need Aliyah this Shabbos, right. next Shabbos. They'll tell you, you know, you know we're not knowing that. But if, if you have that minig, then you could, you know, find a minion that'll that'll grant you that opportunity on the Shabbos. But if before. you're gonna, but if you're gonna get one of the maftirs, you should get a bow by a later one. 
You should yeah, get absolutely, dopamine. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, 100%. We get into the first yard site when you right. keep or yard site leap years and someone dies during during Benashmash. My great-grandfather, who's, who's yard site, he came to America 100 years ago. Wow. He was a Shemesh Shabbos grocer. His name was Yosef Hakain Greenfield. He came Erev Yom Kippur 100 years ago to these shores. Um, he he passed away um, in 1945. Um, Benashmash is the first and second day of Sukkot. Wow. He, his, his kever is in Queens, and his son, my uncle, Baruch Greenfield, was a Talmud of Ramesha. Ramesha told my uncle that we, Ramesha, you keep the second day. When someone dies, Benashmash, I think Ashachayim holds the first day. Ramesha held the second day. Wow. And they actually changed on the kever. If you look carefully, you could see they, they you know, because Ramesha Paskin, that they should keep the later day. And they actually, you know, kind of fixed uh, the olive to the base. Huh. You see a little bit scratch on the cover like Ramesha. So all, all of it's, it's fascinating. Interesting. It's fascinating at this, this point. Can I end with two, two, one story that has two parts? Sure. Uh, not, not, not directly with calendars, but <laughs> yeah. I, in, in the book, in the Hakdama, I thanked, you know, a number of people, yourself included. Thank you. But I also thank, of course, my parents and, and, and my father, who got me very interested in this topic. And, and many other people. But two interesting, I, I thank my ninth grade rabbi, Rashul Five Weiss, and I actually brought him a copy in Lakewood. Wow. He, he retired and lives in Lakewood. He, he you know, he, he taught me how to learn initially and coming out of day school in Chicago Tells. And he, he knew I had this interest, and he once called me over and says, look, look at this safer. Look what he talks about, the international dateline. And, and I was <laughs> like, wow, rabbi, unbelievable. But I also, and I brought him a copy, and he, it was just so thrilling to, to come into his home and, uh, and, and you know, Bring him a copy, but I have a Rebbe in Eretz Yisrael. His name is Rabbi Hanina Rabinowitz. He was my eighth grade Rebbe in in Epsi Hebrew Academy, which was the only day school at the time in St. Louis. My father was a Rebbe there for many years, and some of your listeners are ex classmates here, so they'll they'll remember or ex uh, right. uh, Academy yeah. alumni, right. and they'll remember him very fondly. He lives in Eretz Yisrael, and when I was in eighth grade, he told me I'm going to write a book called Trivias David. Huh? <laughs> As a trivias, which is the trivia of David. So, so I was had it in the back of my mind. I didn't name the book Trivias David, <laughs> but I, 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 I had to get him a copy. I had uh, to get him a copy, and I, I thank him in the book also for just initially planting the, the idea. I have a nephew learning in Eretz in the mirror, my nephew Shmuley, and and I, I got him, sent him a copy with someone going to Eretz and he brought it to him. And yesterday, I got a call from my Rebbe, Rebbe Binowitz, who I hadn't spoken to in a number of years. And it was it was just thrilling. What can I tell you? I can only imagine. Thrilling. I can only imagine. <laughs> My gosh. Well, what a great accomplishment. And so many people in this audience and I know around the world just love what you've done with this topic and I love when we discuss it. By the way, uh, our app has blown up with everything having to do with parochas. Apparently, Breuer's has a parochas for Rosh Hashanah, another one for Sarah Shemei another one for Yom Kippur, one for Shalash Regalim. The Sukkis one is taken out immediately after Yontem, and then they have a special one for Shabbos Mavarachim. So obviously, that's the one that they use for Shabbos. Okay. Oh, there we go. Rabbi so Tedler, Rabbi Tedler, of blessed memory, his shul in Muncie has a special shalosh regalim parochas that's of course taken down after the shalosh regalim. So <laughs> we've got okay. A- so everyone has. <laughs> Everyone's got my, this. my wife is from Yekisha descent. And my my in-laws both grew up in Kilis Yaakov or my Breslauer shul. So I have to find out how they were nice. Yeah. 
uh, what their meaning was oh, uh, as well. And one listener pointed out to me that, uh, speaking of important calendaric trivia, Rabbi Heber, are you aware of the fact that your St. Louis Cardinals have a very important game tonight? Has the youth, uh, has the youth of the community told you about that, Rabbi Heber? Uh, yeah, I have to check. I I, I did hear that, but I didn't. I didn't yeah, now that you mentioned it, I heard the game was Wednesday, actually. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I say that because even the greatest of Torah giants who I've met, who in their youth were steeped in uh, in sports and youthful activities, that many of them would always say to me, you know, obviously I pay zero attention to this, but if I hear they win, it puts a smile on my face. So, you know. 100%. I'm Rabbi Heber, Mazal Tov on the book. Everybody out there, it's IsraelBookshopPublications.com. The book is entitled The Intriguing World of Jewish Time. Rabbi Heber, it's appropriate for me to say on this Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, a happy, healthy, and sweet, tough shin pay base to you and your family. To you too, and you and your listeners, and uh, everybody should be gesund, everybody should be well. And, um, you know, we should, this year we should merit the Geula. And uh, we'll, we'll, as I wrote in the Hakdama to the book, now you're going to laugh at this. I wrote, you know, Mashiach should come soon, and then most of these answers will have to be changed. That's right. <laughs> That's a great insight. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a great insight. Yeah. Rabbi Heber, thank you so much. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. More coming up. It's Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM. <laughs>
JM in the AM on this Rosh Chodesh morning. The great Ben Sion Schenker, of course, with a wonderful Hallel selection. It's Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. Rabbi Mayer Yedid is with us live via telephone. Uh, Rabbi Yedid is a renowned educator, sought-after speaker, rabbi of Brooklyn's large and thriving congregation, Shari Zion, and author of the popular work, The Power of Tranquility. In this brand-new book, The Power of Chinuch, Rabbi Yedid combines his vast knowledge of Torah with his profound understanding of children and the adults' tasks to raise them. His guidance is warm, practical, and firmly sourced in the Torah's eternal wisdom. The book is available now at artscroll.com. Again, go to artscroll.com. The book is entitled The Power of Chinuch. You know the rule. When you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Rabbi Mayer Yedid, The Power of Chinuch, Illuminating the Torah Path to Raising Great people. Rabbi, you did a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Pleasure to be here with you today. On page 58 of the book, you write, David HaMelech compared children to saplings. Banecha kishtile zeitim. Your children are like saplings of olive trees. He says that in Tehillim. When a tree is young, it's still flexible enough that if it's not growing correctly, you could bend it back into shape. Once it get older, once it gets older, it thickens and hardens, and it's hard to bend it even in the slightest. Uh, when one is raising their children, Rabbi Yedid, I think this is an extremely important thing to keep in mind. Sometimes things aren't going well and people give up hope, but David Amelech himself tells us that children have plenty of hope within them, correct? Absolutely. Hope is... Uh one of the keys to success in life in anything that we do. You know, the, the Miraglim, that was their, uh, their, their sin was they didn't have hope in others, in the right. Jewish people. Right. And when you lose hope in somebody else, then you have very little ability to help them. Am I right, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but am I right that it's much easier to write about tranquility than about chinuch? I, I would suspect this is one of the more difficult topics to address. It, it, it's, a, it's a much more sensitive topic because, you know, one mistake uh, can obviously have detrimental results. But, uh, you know, the Chavot Lavot says that uh, we should never be afraid to try something and try to do something good, even if there's a little bit of risk. So I guess we do the best that we can. Uh, most, a lot of Chinuch conversations that we have in our community, in, in all parts of the community, have to deal with our schools, our rabbeim, and our teachers, it seems to a degree that that's not your focus with this book. You really are looking to parents to do their primary job, to do it well, and not to assume that others will be responsible to do it. I think that's absolutely correct. Uh, The book is definitely useful for anyone, whether it's a person dealing with students or even with employees, or with friends, because it's really all about Chinuch. Anytime you want to help another person and you're trying to either teach them something or, or give them, a, a, a open their eyes to something, that's called Chinuch. So really, it's, and anytime you want to give over, it's Chinuch. But yes, primarily, the greatest uh, responsibility of Chinuch is on the parents. Of course, the school is a partner. But the, but the parents are the ones who are responsible. Uh, half of the book talks about love. Half of the book addresses whether a child feels loved, 
how one needs to project their love as a parent to a child. Um, it, it, it's it's pretty amazing that you know one of the things that that unfortunately is missing from so many parent-child relationships is the greatest key. I think I think you'd say greatest. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Is the greatest key to raising children and and seeing them succeed. It really is. You just made a great point, Nachama. You know, every parent, every normal parent loves their children to no end. Right. That's not, you know, that's not something we have to learn, to love our children. And I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to love, that, you know, we say to ourselves, of course we love our children. You know, let's let's move on to the next subject. Yeah. So why would we have to write, a, a you know, essays and essays about love when it's just obvious? And And the answer is that, Having love for somebody and having them know that you love them is quite a different story. You can love someone, but they don't really feel that. They don't know that. And if that's missing, if we don't know how to project that love in the right way, and we don't talk to them the right way, and we don't deal with them the right way, then even though we do love them, but it may come off very different than what we're really feeling. So I, it's really an art. I I have to imagine that in your community that in your hello yeah there we are. I have to imagine I have to imagine yeah. that that in your community, like in every community around the world, you've sat with parents who are lucky enough to reflect on great success that they've had with their children, and you sit with parents who, uh, unfortunately, you know, might be suffering because their children. Uh, are not exactly following the same tradition and values that they would like. Uh, in both cases, I, I would assume quite often uh, uh, you you've, you admire the way the parents have dealt with the situation. I get it when when someone is sitting in front of you and bemoaning uh, the path that their child has taken, and you're saying to yourself, "Well, when you ignore your kid for 20 years, what do you think is going to happen?" I, I get that, and we un- and we understand the detriment of that type of situation, but there's so many parents investing so much time and so much love and so much attention to their children, they still don't get the results. What could you say to a parent in that situation? Number one, we always have to make our best hishtadlut, our best effort. You know, success uh, is not in our hands. I met once a rabbi from Israel who was here collecting uh, a tremendous amount of money. He has a lot of Moses in Israel, and I, and, I, and I asked him, are you, are you nervous? He says, listen, he says, in this world, we are kablane hishtadlut. We're not kablane hatzlachot. Mm-hmm. Which means, in this world, our mission, our job, is to make the best effort. We don't have the keys to success. Success is not in our hands, but in our hands is to make the best effort. Which means, we have to buy a book on chinuch. We have to read it. We have to write notes on it. We have to speak to people to get advice. We have to do our best to make the best effort that we can. At that point, we could always say to ourselves, we've done our best. What actually happens is not always in our hands. But that doesn't stop us from really going all out because this is the most important endeavor in our life. The greatest pleasure that we will have in life is when we see our children are successful and happy and accomplishing. So we got to put every, from every angle, 
we got to put in that effort. What do you say to parents whose children are faithful to the tradition, whose values are where they should be, but whose path is somewhat different than their colleagues? They have interests that are not bad interests, but you know, interests that are just off the beaten path, let's say, of the typical interests of young Jewish men and women. How, how flexible would you say parents should be in that situation? It's a very, very difficult question because we're not talking about specific things. It's hard for me to answer that. But in general, you know, the successful parents are well-meaning parents. And the well-meaning parents means that you're completely thinking about the child and not thinking about yourself. So as long as you're thinking about the best for your child and nothing to do with you, so you're going to be successful. So sometimes things are too far, and you'll say, that's not good for my child. He should not be doing that. So then we got to step up, and we got to make sure that we do our best to stop that or to redirect them. But if we feel, you know what, this is great for my child, you know, it's not me. It's not exactly who I am, but that's what my son, my daughter needs. So that would be a well-meaning parent doing their job, to raise their children in the best way for them. <sighs> I'm a parent, <laughs> and I have wonderful children, thank God. But as you as you say all this, I just, I it it just hits me at, at how difficult a task it is. It is such a difficult task, and uh, such a challenging one. Maybe that's a better word. Uh, and people need to know that going in, this is not going to be an automatic. Right. Uh, we said, right. you said no, knowing, no, knowing that is half the battle. Knowing right. that that's when a you have point. a child, you've yeah. done. That's the very easy part of the job. This, now right. it gets to you know real, real work. This is it. Rabbi Mayer, you did is with us. The book is called The Power of Chinuch, Illuminating the Torah Path to Raising Great People. Go to artscroll.com. Uh, check it out, Rabbi Mayer. You did. Um, the uh, the the challenge that parents have, well, here's how I would put it, Rabbi did. Here's how I would put it. How different would this book be 20 years ago? Meaning with the, and by the way, it's funny, I'm asking the question this week with the, with the almost complete blackout of social media that there was one day. With all the attention that, that we as adults, not just children, obviously children's another issue, but we as adults, you know, pay to so many other things on the phone, technology, and, and, and the 24-hour cycle that seems to never end. Uh, how different would this book be uh, 20 years ago? Is the technology aspect and the, uh, the proliferation of too much time ignoring one's children uh, something that's you know, one of the primary problems of today? So the, the way the book is written, it really is coming out of the wisdom of the Torah and Chazal. So I don't think the book would be written any differently 20 years ago. I think the wisdom of the Torah is eternal. It doesn't change. The, the basics, the foundations of what it takes to be successful, not only in Chinuch but in anything, really has not changed from the beginning of time till today. You know, it's funny. Now, it, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's yeah. funny because I read the book, and, and, and you're 100% right, and I, I hear your perspective. But as you read every paragraph as a parent, you can't stop – uh, you can't stop thinking about all the time spent, not spent with children. Now, you may be right, 20, yeah. 30, 50 years ago was the same thing, but now you're literally spending, not spending time with your kids as you're spending time with them. As you're with them, you're not spending time with them. That's right. that's right. how crazy right. it's gotten. 
Right. So, so, so to address your question, Aram, I, I think, I think the book today may be more valuable than it was 30, 40 years ago, just because of the struggles that we have today in having our priorities right, in, in, in dealing with our children, because things are a lot more complicated than they, than they used to be. So I think today it may be more useful than somebody who was reading 40 or 50 years ago, but, but, but the information, I think, doesn't change. You know, and, and, you know, we should remember something. Baruch Hashem, I'm involved with thousands of children every yep. day. Yep. Um, you know, today the generation that we have is, is an interesting generation. It's, you know, we, I, I've never seen so many great kids in my life. Um, when I grew up in school here, and, and I, I never seen kids like this. Wow. We have literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that I see every day that are just magnificent. They're awesome. You say, in a world like this, with all the challenges, and yet they're much better than they used to be. And then on the other side, there are children who are completely off. We've never seen that when I grew up, totally in a different path. So we're seeing a generation, you know, I call it the honest generation, maybe not, not, not always in a positive way. They're very honest. You know, if, they, if they're in it, if they understand it, if they know what, you, what, what you're teaching them, if, if they're bought in, they're going to be top. And if they're not, and then they don't care. You know, they're just going to do their own thing. Wow, so, amazing. So this becomes so much more, you know, so much more relevant today to really be prepared for this because it's really a life or death uh, situation. And, and it's remarkable because I, I've also noticed this. When you say amazing kids, you're talking about uh, in their studies, in their chesed, in their relationship with people. In everything, in yeah, everything. Their age and older. Magnificent in everything. And by the in, way, and, in, and by the way, from a yeah. chinuch, you, 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 one other point from a chinuch standpoint, from an education standpoint, from a raising children standpoint, uh, you do notice, I'm sure, like all of us, that that children gravitate to those kids who have similar values, and and that and and that te- that tends to be the chevra that they hang out with, the group of people they hang out with. And, and I think that, that that's your point, that, that thank God that part of our community has a, a large chevra that continues to grow. Absolutely. Chevra is, is, a, is a huge influence yeah. uh, uh, on, on a child or on anybody for that matter. No question about but it. Really, but really it begins with a home that channels the child to find the right influence. Because anywhere you go, any yeshiva you go, any school that you go, any shul you're going to attend, there's always going to be those people that are right for you and those people that are not right for you for whatever reason. And if you don't know how to confidently choose yeah. your derech and who are the people you should be with, right. then you really can be stuck anywhere you go. Yeah, we as parents have to give have to give the kids the tools to be able to make that differentiation, to, to in fact do what Absolutely. I just said, to gravitate toward the, the, the kids with the right values. Finally, Rabbi Yadid, I cannot let you go. Without a Dvar Torah, I love this one, page 190 of your book, which is entitled The Power of Chinuch, the very first Chinuch message, one of the most difficult parshiot of the Torah, according to my teenage son, is the one we just read this past Shabbat, Parshat Bereshit. And you claim that the very first Chinuch message happens in Parshat Bereshit. Could you share that with us? Which which one are you referring to? I am referring to the boundaries that God set 
for the first that's, two that's human a, beings. That, that, that is so powerful. I mean, imagine it, it, Adam Arishon is created. It's a pure world. He is the purest person. Everything is holy. He has a great mission to fulfill in this world. And we're waiting to see what God's going to tell him. Is he going to tell him he should be a Baal Chesed? Is he going to tell him to learn all day? Is he going to tell him how much he needs to build and to accomplish? And it's shocking. What does God tell him? Only one thing. Oh. And what's the one thing he tells him? <laughs> Don't eat from that fruit. Yep. What? That's it? That's what I got to do? I got not to eat from the fruit? Isn't there more to accomplish? But really, think about it. And I, like we mentioned in the book, boundaries, that's the first commandment to Adam Arishon. If you want to be in Gan Eden, if you want to be in heaven on this earth or anywhere, you need to have boundaries. With boundaries, you're going to live a life of pleasure. So that's what it, you know, at the end of the day, as parents, one of the biggest jobs that we have, the first jobs that we have, just like Hashem gave Adam Adishon, his first mission was his boundaries, and then we could build on that. Our job as parents is to know how to make boundaries for ourselves and for our children, and with boundaries, there's so much to build, there's so much to be able to accomplish. Just amazing. So God is the ultimate parent, huh? <laughs> when we say That's Avinu Shabbat right. it's not as abstract as we think. That's real. It really is. Rabbi, you did. The book is brilliant. I, I can't thank you enough for your time. Mazal Tov on the release. And just continued success. What we hear about what you're doing in the community uh, is simply remarkable. Not that not that you need my haskama, but <laughs> but it's simply remarkable. And continued success in raising wonderful Jewish families. Thank you, Avnacho. It's a pleasure to be with you and all you listeners. I appreciate it. Rabbi Mayer, you did. The book is called The Power of Chinuch. It's amazing. It is a difficult topic to write about, as Rabbi, you did acknowledge when I mentioned that. Uh, but it's so vital and so important, illuminating the Torah path to raising great people. Go to artscroll.com. You know what we always say? Use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. You know why? Because not only will you get a discount, you'll also get free shipping. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. The book is called The Power of Chinuch, and you are listening to JM in the AM.
Sham in the AM with Shlamey Gertner, Miss Sameach. You heard Jonas and Shainfeld with Kulanu Yachad. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. Hello, hello. Rosh Chodesh morning. Hope your uh, first day of Rosh Chodesh has gone well so far. My thanks to both Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Yadid for making this morning very exciting for us here at JM in the AM. Much appreciated. Great show so far, I must say. I think I got to everything I wanted to tell her about Heber. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have some regret about something I forgot. We got to save something for next time, right? Uh, thanks for all the app comments. A lot of great app comments about this morning's show. Much appreciated. Uh, we head down to Miami. Don't forget, we head down to Miami Beach. That's going to be... Um, This coming Monday, we'll be at uh, Beth Israel Congregation this coming Monday down in Miami Beach. Um, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. A lot of very excited people down there. I want to thank Ari Bixen. I want to thank everybody in the shul. should be a great celebration of, I mean, we, we will find out why half the country you know, wants to be down in Florida and specifically in the Miami area. Uh, we'll find all that out um, Monday night. That show will air Tuesday morning here at JM in the AM. And then uh, on Tuesday, we'll be at the uh, Hebrew Academy down in Miami Beach. And that show will air on Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM. So we've got a, a two-day Florida adventure coming up. I want to thank Ralph Rosenbaum, our New Jersey chair of the Jewish Unity Initiative. He'll be with us. And uh, I want to thank um, Rabbi Bixen, Rabbi Guttenberg, and everybody who's responsible for our visit down there to Miami Beach. By the way, uh, and we've been asked this already multiple times, if you're down in Florida, and I know a lot of people are who listen to this show, feel free to come by. Uh, Rabbi Bixen made it clear that the public is invited, 7 until 10 p.m., 7 until 10 p.m., Beth Israel Congregation on West 40th Street. The entire community is invited. Feel free to come from anywhere in Florida and join us. Come by and say hi. There's some people who I expect to come by and say hi. <laughs> I hope they uh, make sure to come by and say hi. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no-nitrate-added, reduced-fat and reduced-sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try A&H today. Don't forget our friends at Gaia Coffee are offering 15% off with promo code RADIO. G-A-I-A coffee.com. G-A-I-A coffee.com. Uh, trying to see what else I have here for you. All right, so that's the story. Again, if you're in Florida, Beth Israel Congregation, that's uh, on West 40th Street, Miami, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. this coming Monday night. Come by, say hi. Simple as that. Avramo, Avram Freed next. It's JM in the AM. <laughs> Shehashemesh 
תעבור עליי ותראה לי שוב את מי שאולי או כלי כלי רק תפילה שהשמש תעבוד עליי ותיקח אותי אל המסע תפילה אשא Thank you. 
Achenu Israel and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web and AchimSingle.com and the AchimSingle Network and, of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM and the M. We have another Rosh Chodesh morning coming up tomorrow. Make sure to tune in. If you missed any of our conversations with Rabbi Heber or Rabbi Yadid, make sure to head to the archives, nachomsingle.com or the NSN app. And thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Don't forget our Rummy's live lunch starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Treat him well. Bombard him with requests and comments on the app. Go to the NSN, nachomsingle network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, it's Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.